We started what I thought would be a one-week thing last week, talking about God's words and our words, and I want to continue along these lines. It's, it's growing in me. I have a deep sense in my spirit that we as believers, we have to understand our Father. We, he wants us to know Him. And, you know, there's things about Him that are so important for us to know. And we went in last week. I want to encourage you, if you weren't here, to get online and listen to that or get the CD. God will give you other scriptures and other notes. And pretty soon you'll come out of that message and you'll have a set of notes that you'll use as you disciple people. It'll, God will make it yours because it's his word. So I want to encourage you to do that. So let's get into this a little bit. So last week we really talked about God's words. And I'm going to go through this. I just want you to listen to this. So these are statements we made last week about God's words. And what I mean by God's words is he speaks words. And this is what they are. First of all, we see from the word of God that God's words are spirit and their life. Not natural life, their eternal life. Right? Remember, we've said this many, many times, but a word is like a container. And so the word of word would be like a bottle, like this bottle. And God's thought, it, it, these words contain thoughts. They contain God's thoughts, which will mold you and shape you. So like the water would be his thoughts. So God says, my words are spirit. They're not just sounds, and they're life. They carry eternal life. God's words, we see from the word of God, created the heavens and the earth. He spoke, and it was done. The same God that said, universe come into being, earth be. The same God who did all that said, I sent my word and I healed you. Right? That same word, God spoke and said, I will always cause you to triumph. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. These words are spirit and they contain eternal life. Then the word of God says, Jesus upholds all things by the word of his power. So not only did his words create it all, his word keeps everything in place and upholds everything right now. You know, if the earth tilted a little off its, ac off its access, no life could be on this earth. If this earth moved a little closer to the sun, it, there would be no life. It moved a little further, no life could be here. He upholds everything by the word of his power. Then the Bible says this, God's words never pass away. Never. So if he's spoken it, it's still there for you. Never pass away. God's word, all of his words are settled in heaven. They are unchangeable. Isn't that good news? Unchangeable. God says in his word that he submits to his word, which means if he said it, he'll do it. 
If he spoke it, he will bring it to pass. See, you're going to start seeing a pattern here. This is why faith is a rest. Because the word of God is what's to work in your life, not you. You work out what God's working in, but what's going to produce everything? You need to change something in your life. Guess what? You could knock yourself out and try to change. Change a behavior. If there's an addiction of some sort in your life, try to change that. That's, that's brutal. But God's word has the power to change you, to change the situation, to make, to make things change so that you walk the will of God for your life out. Yeah, but I've messed up so bad. Doesn't matter. There's one principle that I love about the word of God. You can never tell where a person is going to end up by where they've been or where they are. If you, fog, if you could fog a mirror this morning, and I'm, I'm sure everybody can, it's not over for you, and it's all there for you. God won't lie. Another thing he says, God won't lie. In the New Testament, it says God can't lie, and that he never changes. Isn't that awesome? So his word will never be a lie and will never change. So if he says give and it will be given to you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give into your bosom? That There's no way that can't happen unless you choose not to believe it. But even if you choose not to believe it, it's still true. It's actually beyond true, it's truth, right? In our society today, the whole movement is truth is whatever I say it is. And that's so wrong because truth is not even of this world. Truth, his word, the Bible says, is truth. Isn't that good news? It's the ultimate authority. Whatever he speaks, God's word says, he always performs. As a matter of fact, God told Jeremiah, I watch over my word to perform it. So we see these things. So the God of heaven right now, who, if you're a child of God, is within you in the person of the Holy Spirit. He's seated in heaven at his Father's right hand, the living word of God, Jesus. God the Father, seated on the throne in heaven. All authority has been given to him. He's watching over his word to perform it. Notice, you don't have to perform it. You could work to get yourself out of debt, or you could believe God and let his word perform that in your life. Right? This is what we're talking about. God watches over his word. So, so if you're not believing his word in your heart and expressing that belief by speaking it out of your mouth, if, if it doesn't come out of your mouth, he has nothing, he doesn't see his word. Do you see that? There's nothing for him to perform because you have not released anything. God can't make his word just work in your life unless you choose for it to work because he will never violate your will. But oh, he's ready. He's ready to jump in and change every area of your life. God's word, the Bible says, never loses power. Isn't that amazing? 
When he said, light be, they know now with technology that the universe is still expanding at the speed of light. It has never lost power. Isn't that amazing? In the same way, when Jesus spoke, or I should say, when here's Jesus, when Jesus spoke, all things are possible to them who believe. That has never lost power. Isn't that amazing? When he said to the leper, I will be thou clean. Isn't that amazing? That, that word has never lost power. So he heals the hopeless situations. Every word God speaks, the Bible says it's full of life. We're talking Zoe, life of God. It's full of power. Every word that God speaks, it divides between your soul and your spirit. It's the only thing that will tell you whether this is something, that thought or whatever in, that's in your heart or in your mind, it will, the word of God will tell you if that's you or if that's God's leading. It's the only thing. It divides soul and spirit. The Bible says that the word of God is a discerner. It causes you to see and know the thoughts and intents of your heart. So it'll tell you if you're looking at something wrong, if you're seeing things wrong, because sometimes we don't see, see everything that we need to see. But the word of God will show us. That's what his word, it's what his word does. We said last week, and we see this over and over in Scripture, that God's word is not just expressing or communicating. God speaks to his words go out to accomplish something, to change things. His word, as the word of God speaks, is enablements. So when God says be strong, along with that is the ability for you and I to be strong. It enables us. Then we learned that man is to live by God's words. That's how we live. I'm not moved by what I see. I'm not moved by what I feel. I'm moved only by what I believe. And what I believe is what God says. God's word is the final and first authority in my life. I look to no other. God's word, and it's how I live. You know, we have to eat to live physically. You have to eat the word of God to live spiritually. So knowing that we live by God's word, we said this last week, man is to speak God's words out of his mouth for the purpose of accomplishing God's plan and purpose in the earth. We speak to accomplish. His word goes out to accomplish his plan for your life, his plan for his church, all the, the bigger plan of God, all of it. So we speak God's words, and we see from the Garden of Eden, because it's still the same today, to accomplish God's plan of what? Going out, being fruitful, and multiplying. We speak God's words so that we live a fruitful life, that we multiply, right? That we're growing, that our finances not only increase, but multiply. That in every arena of our life, we see multiplication. We use God's word to replenish, to bring life back to something that was once alive. 
You could use the word of God if you've killed something by being disobedient. You could bring it back to life with the word of God. Isn't that amazing? That's why in Proverbs eleven thirty one it says, listen, the righteous shall be repaid while they're in the earth. Everything the enemy's stolen, God wants him to bring it back to you. And he will see that that's done if you'll believe it and if you'll speak it. Our words are to reflect God's heart. So as we go out, everywhere where we go, our words are to reflect God's heart. So many times whenever I'm out, happened to me this morning right before service, you know, the Lord will speak to me about maybe the server that's serving me or whatever, and I'll, and I'll speak the words that he tells me. And what it is, is my, the words that I'm speaking are literally reflecting God's heart for that person. And whether they believe in God or not, it's amazing what it does to them. Because see, people that don't know God, they don't know what life is. We take sometimes for granted the presence of God, but they don't know what that is. We take for granted the unconditional love of God, but people in the world don't know what that is. Amen. Everything's conditional, right? They reflect God's heart. What, what I'm saying is they reflect God's plan and God's purpose. Our words are to reflect that. See, that's why we don't want to ever yield our tongue to our flesh so that we reflect sin and death. Paul said this in the book of Romans, don't use your flesh as a, as a weapon of unrighteousness. Use it as a weapon for righteousness to bring life in the situations, right? After the fall, we see Adam and Eve. We looked at it last week. Adam and Eve's whole thing changed now where now all their words, as soon as they died spiritually, reflected sin and death. Before the fall, they would have reflected God's life. Then we learned last week this big truth. God's word enters our heart as we speak it. So we confess the word of God. We speak the word of God so that it could enter our heart. And then once it enters our heart, now we continue to meditate in it, which means we speak it over and over to ourselves, so that the Holy Spirit can do what? He can open it for us. And he opens the word of God and light comes out and understanding comes out. We call it revelation knowledge. And all of a sudden, we go from now we are saying it to now we're seeing it. And see, how, how often do we do that? Well, we're to walk and live by faith, so we're to always see it. See, God knows the way we're designed is whatever we look at, we will begin to look to it and it will become our source. So God wants you to look at him, to fix your eyes on him. And oh, the circumstances of life might be screaming, but don't worry about that. He's greater than all that. And all of that that you can see in your life is subject to change, but his words are not subject to change. And if you'll keep looking at him, pretty soon you're going to start looking to him for everything. Today I stand before you very humbly, knowing this, that unless the anointing of God 
is upon me and upon his word, and the Holy Spirit is literally speaking. You're hearing me talk, but the Holy Spirit is speaking to all of us individually. It's amazing. Unless that happens, nothing's happening here. So we humbly and we completely rely on him. I love, like right now, I could just feel a flow. Can't talk about it because I'll start crying. It's just a flow of the Holy Ghost. We're not to just, see, that just doesn't jump on me at 10 o'clock on Sunday morning and Wednesday night. No, no, no. We, I live in this. And you could live in this too. It's a flow. We're, now it's no longer I that live, but it's Christ that lives in me. It's amazing with preaching. You really can't miss, mess it up, even in your life. You just keep running hard after God. He'll get you there. He'll get you there. He's the one that's able to keep you from falling. Amen. Not you. That's right. Isn't that awesome? And you could sit here and say, but yeah, but doesn't that take my individuality away? Oh, no, no, no. There's nothing more individual than a born-again, spirit-filled Christian. The Bible says that you're a new creature. That Greek word literally means a new species, one that's never existed before. The part of that Greek word says you're an original form. You know, I worked in a factory and they had forms uh, in one part of it. There was a foundry part where they would take sand and they would put a form and then the liquid metal would, would go into this form and it would harden into a part. But, and that's the way it is with you. As a born-again Christian, after you, were, after you were conceived, guess what? That form was broken. You're one of a kind. There's never been another one like you. There never will be another one like you. You will walk through eternity as a child of God, as an individual. But we're created not to live individually alone. We're to, we've been created to be one with God, to be in fellowship with him, united with him. I remember when the Lord really rocked my world. I think I was sharing this with somebody yesterday. He said, Tony, I never created you to have original thought. And Im immediately I'm like in my head going, well then, wait a minute, so am I some robot? But think about it. Does, does Jesus have original thought? I mean, he's, he's the King of kings. He's the Lord of lords. He's our great redeemer. Actually, he's the creator of everything. The heaven, the earth, everything. He is the supreme authority. He is our great redeemer. And yet, he said on the earth, I only say what I hear my father say. Hello. Right? I only do what I see my father do. So see, but it's so unique because God is so vast. Guys, it's not by chance that you were born during this time. It's not by chance you live in Omaha, Nebraska, or wherever you live at this season of your life. God has placed you. The Bible talks about the Father. God the Father came up with this plan. He came up with the whole plan. He has every day of your life planned out. There is a path for you, and it's glorious. You were created for it. Every gift inside of you was specifically created so that you would live on this earth 
and experience fullness of joy and peace and strength as you walk hand in hand with him, yielding divine unlimited results, eternal results. Man, we're not meant to be alone. We comprehend everything together. You know what Leanne said, what you said is amazing with women. It's just, see, this is what happens with women. Women will go, gosh, I don't want to be around other women because there's so much drama. Men will get together, and we get 100 guys together, and all 100 guys, they're together, but they're all alone. There could be drama going on. We don't care. We just go in our nothing room. Whatever, right? So, so the tendency, then we watch, you know, we watch a Rocky movie. I'm dating myself. But, but we see that. And, you know, we watch these, these action heroes. And, 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 and have you ever noticed they're all kind of messed up in their personal lives? But it's all about, you know, I just do this alone. No, that's a lie of the enemy. One of us will put a thousand to flight. That's pretty good. But man, I'd rather hook up with another person and do put ten thousand to flight. Maybe get three together, so we could put a hundred thousand to flight. Or why not just get four of us and put a million to flight? What about a hundred of us, right? So God's words enter our heart as we speak them. And then as we meditate and speak them over and over to ourselves, God's words come out of our heart because they get in abundance in our heart. So if you want to change the way you're talking, just speak the word of God. Speak it, speak it, speak it. Pretty soon, every time you get bumped a little bit, the word will just come out. Because when you get a little pressure put on you, you know we're all kind of like sponges. We try to put on an act but we're like a sponge. And if you're full of the word, have you ever seen a saturated sponge? If you touch it, it just drips out. So that's why wherever we go, we just drip all over people. Right? Well, what Satan wants you to do is be a sponge full of death to confuse people that don't know God. Because they're looking and going, wait a minute, no, God can't be real because look at this person. You're made to dominate the world, to be in joy and peace, to be free from fear, free from anxiety, free from depression. You're to walk in health and strength, right? You're to literally dominate this earth. And everything you do while you do that, it literally brings glory to God and shows the world Jesus. So we went on to say God's word not only is full of life, and power, but it affects everything. The opening of God's word, as we said, it brings light and it gives understanding to the simple. When it gives me understanding, so God's word will give me understanding about what my situation is when I don't know what's going on. Does that make sense? God's word, I'm not looking to anything else. I'm not looking at the circumstance. You know, time tests faith. Have you ever noticed that? Satan will sit on your shoulder and he'll talk to you about how that you're not enough because you're not in faith. Because look, you've been believing God for a long time and it hasn't been happening. Now if you think about that in the natural, how foolish is that? 
Because if your faith really wasn't working, why doesn't he just leave you alone and let you just wonder? The mere fact that, that he's bringing doubts to you, you should raise your hands and just thank God and go, now I know I'm, I'm on the right path. Because see, sometimes when your body's hurting or when you're tired or you know you got creditors and you got pressure, you don't feel like you're in faith. But guess what? You don't feel faith. I had to go down and I had to buy some cologne. And you know, and this one, this one young man, this guy knew everything about this new brand of cologne. He was telling me this stuff. And, he, and you know, he'd give me a sample. And you know, could you imagine if he would have handed me that piece of paper that he sprayed and he did this thing and, and then he wanted me to smell it. I, you've heard me say this before. What if I would have just put it up against my ear? I don't know. I, can't, I, I just can't smell it. I mean, can you do that again? After a while, he'd probably start wondering, what in the world is wrong with you? It's, it, it'll be the same way as you walk and live by faith. You'll have a time when Satan will be shooting thoughts at you, and all of a sudden, you'll start to move the wrong way, and you'll go, hold on a second. What does me feeling anything have to do with anything? God's, God said his word cannot not work. Right? I hope this is building your faith a little bit. What a review. Wow. I'm learning to love review. It goes on to say not only does it give light and understanding, but God's word, we said last week, is a lamp to our feet. It tells us right where we are. And then it's a light to our path because the word of God, the opening, when it's opened, it brings light. It shows you right the next step to go. Isn't that good news? And you learn with God, he doesn't tell you the whole plan. I love if you read the book of Acts. You know, Paul's like, yeah, I thought we should go this way. But then the spirit of God just kind of constrained me. What that means is he's just going, he's like, ah, this just doesn't feel right. And then he think, then, then other times you'll say, you know, it just seemed right to go this way. But what we do, because we're not living in the word, we think that when it's God's leading, he literally writes it on the wall and you feel this euphoric feeling. Oh, I'm sure Pastor Tony just, I mean, the heavens part, Jesus, you know, because he's a pastor. I'm anointed to teach this stuff, but walking it out is the same for me as it is for you. But it's not, see, you don't have this euphoric feeling and then you step. No, many times you got all hell breaking loose in your life, but down on the inside of you, you're just going, but I know I've already won this. And you have to step out of the boat and as you step, Right? As you step in the love of God, by the faith of God, led by the Spirit of God, all those feelings will come. And pretty soon, when the battle is raging the most, is when you know that you know that you know. It's the greatest feeling in your spirit that you already have the victory. So this is why we have to walk with him. Then we learned that God's word, not us, God's word is what keeps us out of sin and offense. Isn't that good news?
So that was last week. So now let's talk about what we're talking about, our part here. The Greek word for confession, if you've been around here a little bit, you've heard me say this. It is the Greek word homo logeo. It literally means to say the same thing. So we know that our part is we are to say the same thing about our situation that God says. Only. That's the walk of faith. Your flesh does not like that. And to that we say, get over yourself. Right? Walking by faith is saying the same thing about your situation that God says about it. And make you, this starts with a choice in your life, a life decision that going from this point on, I am only going to speak God's word. I love what Bill Winston, one time I was listening to him, and he said if he goes to a doctor, he comes home, his wife won't even ask him. Because she knows he is never, ever going to verbalize a lying symptom. He'll tell her, if you want to know what it is, you call the doctor. But I am not giving Satan any place because I believe God's word. And what's going on in my body, I'm not denying it, but I am denying its right to be in my body. Whatever's going on in my financial life, I'm not denying that I have fine. You know, when a creditor calls me, I don't, I don't not call him back or her back, right? I don't deny that there's some things, some lack in my life, but I deny lack's right to be in my life. And it's got to leave. Why do I do that? Well, because that's what God said. Right? So that's our part, to say the same thing. It's so easy. Or I should say this, it's so simple. The reason why it's not easy is you're going to have to humble yourself. Humble ourselves to say the same thing that God says instead of just speaking what we feel. Or speaking what we... You'll have to humble yourself. What, that's Romans 12.1. I have to throw my body as a living sacrifice on that altar and say, no, we're not going to talk about what we feel or what we see. We're going to talk about what God's word says about it. You've got to humble yourself to do that. God won't humble you. right? People will talk about, well, you know, God puts this on you to humble you. No. It never says, God, it never says not one time in the word of God, I have no idea where these doctrines come from, right? Well, I think I kind of do know where they come from. Right, straight from the pit. But the Bible, when it talks about humility, it always says you have to humble yourself. So, biblical confession means that we just simply say what he says. Right? So we live in this world system, and this world system is trying to program us to live and say certain things certain ways. But God's word, if we'll get it in our heart, will lead us to say what he says. And when you say what he says, you will have what he said. Or I should say it like this, you'll have what you say. Why? Because you just said what he says. Because what he says is his will. God has no plans for you to go backwards. 
God has no plans for defeat in your life. God has no plans for you to be sick and weak and injured and in pain. But the thing is, you're going to have to make a choice of whose report I'm going to believe. And here's a little secret. You're going to do it with everybody else. See, if I'm believing God for something, and I have lifelong friends of Mark and Chris, who I know if I call them up and say, hey, can you guys agree with me? Absolutely. Right? And that's much stronger, because here I am, and the enemy's kind of just throwing thoughts, and all of a sudden, Mark or Chris will text me. Encouragement. See, see, we're stronger together. We walk by faith together. Hallelujah. What I'm saying is to change your life, you must change your words. You're not going to see anything in your life that is not coming out of your mouth. Does that make sense? Isn't that good news? This is why God told Joshua, listen, no man will stand before you and block you from doing what I've called you to do. Why? Because as I was with Moses, I'll be with you. Who is that? That's the word. See, Jesus is here. Wherever two or more gather in his name, there he is in our midst. And the Holy Spirit of God, is he never leaves you. He never forsakes you. He is the agent of divine revelation. He's the one that opens the word. Jesus speaks it, and he opens it. But he can only open it if now we agree with it and speak it. Right? So your words will locate where you are. As you minister to people... You will learn and get very sensitive as you grow in this. You'll learn where people are at by their words. When you go visit someone in the hospital, it might be natural to talk about their circumstances, right? It's natural, but it's not going to help them to talk about their, what they're facing. You want to you talk about what God says, because that's what's going to help them and minister to them and encourage them. And you do it in love. Matthew 12, 34, it says, for out of the abundance of the heart, your mouth will speak. So we want the word of God in abundance in our heart. If we don't have it in abundance, guess what? We're just going to speak out of our flesh. This is so important. God's word in your heart in abundance coming out of your mouth will steer your life and guide your life. It'll change everything in your life. The controlling factor in our lives is what you say out of your mouth. God wants your words to be his words so that now your words are forever settled in heaven. Right? Now you're giving him something to perform in your life. Your words are spirit and life. Your words are enablements 
That's why you walk around saying, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. When you don't know what to do, Father, I thank you that I know your voice. I know it. And another voice I won't follow. I thank you that your word, it's a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. I don't have to look to any other. This is how we walk. So, spiritually mature people choose their words, measure their words, and speak with purpose. In other words, we speak the truth of God in the love of God. So when a mature believer speaks, he will never beat anybody up with God's word. He's not trying to push people to Christ. He's leading them to Christ, just like God does. His words encourage and build up. They never tear down. Have you ever gotten a word from God? Hey, brother, you know, the Lord has, I have a word of prophecy for you. And then they speak it, and it's death. That is not God. For prophecy, you judge prophecy, first of all, through the word of God. Is it building you up? Is it encouraging you? Does it line up with the word of God? Then I could receive that. I told this story one time, but I heard about a lady, literally, or not heard about a lady, he was talking to a lady, and this young lady told me, like 20 years earlier, she was in a church service, and her pastor came up to her and said, you know, the Lord's been talking to me about you, and the Lord would say to you today that Satan wants to sift you like wheat. So is that, is that in the Bible? Yeah, Jesus said that to Peter. But, you know, that's not, that's just because it's in the Bible that, I mean, the Bible says that Judas went out and hung himself. Does that mean we should hang ourselves? Right? So everything in the word is given by inspiration, but not everything in the word's inspiring. So because of this word, that, that didn't come from God. For 20 years, she's like, oh man, my life has been a mess. Satan's been all over me for 20 years. Isn't that crazy? Got to be careful. You got to be careful. We don't judge the people. We always judge the word. And realize this, we're living in a time where people will not endure sound doctrine. This is why we have to walk in the love of God. Because that way, if they ever decide to, not, to endure the word of God, we could help them. Proverbs 10, 11 says this, the mouth of the righteous is a tree of life. That's pretty cool. You know, we look in the book of Genesis, and when Adam and Eve fell, God put two cherubs there so that they couldn't come back and eat of the tree in their fallen condition and be lost forever. But then it says this, and the wording in the Hebrew is really cool. It says, and he put a flaming sword to show the way back to the tree of life. Do you know we're eating of the tree of life right now? Tree of life is still in the earth. The kingdom of God is like the Garden of Eden and it's to cover the whole earth. God wants you to eat of the tree of life, meditating in it day and night, every day of your life. And the word will show you the way back to the tree of life. 
How does he do that? Well, as you speak it, it gets in your heart, then the Holy Spirit opens it, and then it comes out of your mouth. And pretty soon, look at this, the mouth of the righteous, it's a well of life. Why is it a well of life? Because you're speaking, it's like a tree of life. That's a whole study. It's a really cool study. We won't do it today. I want to get you out of here by 3, 4 o'clock, so it's, it's awesome. In Psalm 119, verse 172, it says this, My tongue shall speak of thy word, for all your commandments are righteous. I love that. Psalm 17.4 says this, By the word of your lips. Who's talking here? God's saying, By the word of your lips, I have kept thee from the path, or I've kept me from the paths of the destroyer. Your words will keep you in a place where Satan can't steal, kill, and destroy. Your words. It says in the book of Job, I will bridle my tongue in the presence of my enemies. And you know, your enemies are with you all the time, right? Now, I, we don't let our enemies come in here. We don't let our enemies be at our house. We bind them. But they're always there. These principalities and powers, and they're looking at your face, they're looking at your countenance, and because they can't read your mind. But they don't have to because they just watch what you say. And your words give them access or your words deny them access. Isn't that good news? Though by the word of your lips I have kept me from the paths of the destroyer. Proverbs chapter 3. Go ahead and turn over there. I want to go through chapter 3 and chapter 4 just a little bit. In chapter 3 of Proverbs, in verse 1, it says this. My son, forget not my law. Now, in the Old Testament, the law were, were the first five books of the Bible. But now, as a New Testament believer, we could take the word law out. And now we have the whole word of God. We could just put in, my son, forget not my word. You are not changing that in any way. It's exactly what it would be for a New Testament believer. My son, forget not my word, but let thy heart keep my commandments. Or you could say it this way, but let, but let thine heart keep my word. For length of days and long life and peace shall they add to thee. So we see that God's words can add length of days. Have you ever been super busy? Isn't it cool when God lengthens your days? And you just seem to be able to get all this stuff done in a lot less time. Length of days, I love that. Long life and peace shall they add to thee. Now jump down to Proverbs chapter 4, verse 10. I want you to put your eyes on this one. Proverbs 4, verse 10 says this, Hear, O my son, and receive my sayings, or 
Hear, O my son, and receive my words. This word receive in the Hebrew language means take, use, and continue in my words. So literally it would read, Hear, O my son, and take, use, and continue in my words. And the years of your life shall be many. Isn't that awesome? Well, no, pastor, you know, it says in the Bible that that we all have an appointment. It's appointed unto men once to die. Right. Okay, yeah. So see, that means that God has a specific day and time that you're going to die. Okay. Are you really educated and think that's what that thinks? It says because all it says is we're appointed once to die. But if you take the whole of Scripture, you see children... I love this commandment. Honor and obey your parents in the Lord that you may live long. It's it's the first commandment with a promise. We see that there's things in the word of God that we can do to shorten our lives. There's things we can do to lengthen our lives. Oh yeah, you have an appointment. Guess who gets to set the appointment? You do. You do. How do you set that appointment with your mouth? Isn't that interesting? Now, if we mess up and we go home early, guess what? There's no loss for us. But let's not give him the credit and let's not leave this planet without yielding all of our fruit in our season. Yeah, but you don't understand, Pastor. I have wiped out my body with drugs. Oh, I've got good news for you. Proverbs eleven thirty one: The righteous will be repaid. There's healing. There's health. Because look at what it says here. Hear, O my son, and receive my sayings, and the years of your life will be many. Notice it doesn't say, hear, O my son, and receive my sayings, and as long as you haven't wiped out your body with alcohol or or drugs, the years of your life will be many. No, no, no. There's a book that was written years ago about Calvary Chapel pastors. Chuck Smith in, in the Jesus movement in California, that's where it all started. All these, all these hippies, all these drug addicts. Do you know there's Calvary pastors that pastor churches of thousands of people that came out of mental institutions. Their mind just came back. God healed them of just all these, you know, was a drug addict for years, wiped themselves out, and God just heals them. See, with God, all things are possible. So turn over to Proverbs chapter 4. Verse 20, every time I think of this scripture, I think of Dr. Ruthry. Because she's a doctor, you know, brilliant in the natural, but she understands the healing power of God as well. But if she was ever to diagnose somebody with something and give them some medicine, it would be very important, wouldn't it, if that they took the medicine according to the prescription. So Proverbs chapter 20, or chapter 4, verse 20 through 22, is the prescription on how to take the Word of God. And the Word of God has extreme side effects. (laughs) Extreme. It will change everything in your life. You can't OD on it. As a matter of fact, the more you take, the more you want to take. So... I'm a, I'm a God's words medicine addict. 
becoming more and more every day. Can't stop it, don't want to. And what it does, it just produces life, right? Can't take too much of it. But this is how you have to take it. My son, verse 20, attend to my words. So to take the word of God so that it is medicine to all your flesh, and so that it brings you life and it's health to all your flesh. Number one, it has to be number one. He, or I shouldn't say it, he, the word is a he. He has to be one. Number one in your life. To hear the word of God today, you have had to have, make a decision that I reverence, honor, and respect the word of God above everything else in my life. And, I've, and that's why I'm hearing it. I'm giving my full attention to it. God says, this is how you take my word. I must be first. Why does he say that? Because he's got a big ego? No, the Bible says he's loved, so he doesn't have that. See, here's the principle. With whatever measure you meet, it'll be measured back to you. So God wants you to give him first place and give him your best so that he has a legal right to give you his first and his best. That's why he does that. So you have to put it first place, and Satan's going to try to distract you with circumstances, try to get you to carry weights so that you don't put the word first, you put your life first, and then the word can't produce. And this is why people get offended by the word. Because they're like, you know what, I, I mean, I, I go to church and I hear this stuff, I, I can quote the scriptures, but why is it not working for me? Because you're first and God's word's not first. And, and don't shoot the guy telling you that, that God said that, right? Right? So the second thing, you have to incline your ears to his sayings or his word. That means you have to give it, not only is it first place, but you give his word your undivided attention. So I don't divide my attention with looking at my circumstances and comparing it to what God's word says. I don't do that. No, I give it my undivided attention. Then it says this, incline your ear to my sayings. Let them, my words, not depart from your eyes. Number three. So that means I never let the word of God depart from my eyes. Not this, this. So I live my life seeing always who I am in Christ, who he is. I never let that depart from my eyes. I see myself having, being, and doing what his word says. I never, I never, it never departs from my eyes. How do I do that? I, see, when I do these three things, it keeps it in the midst of my heart. That's the next thing, right? Keep them in the midst of your heart. Guess what happens when the word of God is in the midst of your heart in abundance? Matthew 12, 34. It comes out of your mouth. So see, when you take the word of God, the side effect is that you will vomit the word of God out all the time. Not really, that's disgusting. It'll just come out of everything. It'll come out of every pore of your life. Everywhere you go, 
It's really difficult if you talk to me for very long. It's really difficult for me not to start talking about the word. I just, why is that? It's just, it's everything to me. It's changed my life. And then it says this in verse 22. For they, my words, are life unto those that find them. They're, they're eternal life. They're Zoe life to those that find them, which denotes there's a looking for them. Right? And their health. This word health literally means medicine to all of their flesh. Do you know when you get in the word and stay in the word, you have a constant stream of the word of God coming out of your spirit that is, that is literally health to all of your flesh. The Bible says in Romans 8.11 that the Holy Spirit on the inside of you quickens your mortal body. That's exactly what this verse is saying. When you put the word of God first, you give it your undivided attention. You never let it depart from your eyes, which puts it in the midst of your heart. Now it's going to be coming out of your mouth. Now the Holy Spirit is bringing revelation knowledge constantly to your life. And no matter what it is, he could bring revelation knowledge to your financial life and it's still going to affect your flesh. And he's down on the inside of you. Romans 8.11. Go ahead and throw that up there. Romans 8.11. He is quickening your mortal body. That word. But if the spirit of him that raised Jesus up from the dead dwell in you, he that raised Christ from the dead shall also quicken. This word quicken literally means to heal, to restore to health, to make whole your mortal bodies by the spirit that dwells in you. This is what we're talking about. And we have people going around saying it's, got not, it's, it's not God's will to always heal. Where, what Bible is that in? Can't be in the one we have. It's not in there. There's no even examples of it. So we look at this and we look at Proverbs. We look at these scriptures and we see life according to the word of God is when we incline our ears and eyes to the word of God and we put God's word in our heart. So today, do you want eternal life? Do you want eternal life manifesting on the outside of you? Life as defined by the God of the universe is when you put his word first place you incline your eye and your ear to his word and you have it coming out of your mouth. That's life. Isn't that good news? I believe that the, the spirit of God is growing the church in this area because we're getting ready for this just, I mean, we have such a short time in the church age. You know, there's, I get so excited. There's, there's over 8 billion people living on the planet. They say, I, I believe, there's more, than, there's more people living right now than have ever lived since the beginning, since Adam and Eve. And, and, and guys, I got to tell you, we're all going to get over ourselves. We're all going to throw that flesh on the, on be a living sacrifice, renew our minds with the word of God so that the word will fashion us into the image of Jesus and will do his works. And greater works. Why? Because he's now been given all authority. 
in heaven and earth and under the earth. So when we sing about the name of Jesus, when you, when you bind something in the name of Jesus, when you speak the word in the name of Jesus, the God of heaven performs it. So use your faith on yourself first to get your life right, right? And then just be who you are. You don't have to stress. He will work it all out. Amen? Because life's not fun when you're working and the word's not working. But, oh, life is very fun when the word's working and you're resting. Amen? Forgiveness. You know, unforgiveness, man, is bad. It's like giving, it's like, it's like wanting to kill your enemy by you taking poison. Right? Just, just give all this stuff to God. He, he wants to restore and, and take it. And here's the thing, we're not made to carry it. I have a big sense in my spirit right now that there's people here that are carrying stuff. And the Lord would say to you today, give it. Humble yourself under my mighty hand by casting the whole of your care over on me. Because God will take care of that care. And what he'll do is he'll lift you above that circumstance. Don't carry it. Some are carrying mistakes that they've made. Others are carrying stuff that other people have put on and done in their life. Let's just give it all to him. Because see, if you're carrying it, he can't help you with it. Because he'd have to violate your will to do it. But if you'll just give it to him and just get in his word and allow his word to get in you, you'll walk out his plan for your life. You'll see more and more every day, every minute of every day, how much he loves you. How he's able to change things that are unchangeable how he's able to bring dead things back to life, how he's able to restore. I can tell you stories in this church of how God changes things. So anyway, I just want to encourage you with that today. I hope that helps you a little bit. Man, I love the anointing. The anointing of God is here right now to lift burdens off of you and destroy yokes of bondage. God has a future for you. And it's a one, it's a glorious future. Amen?